Please turn in your Bibles. Acts chapter 9, verse 20. Uh, we're busy with the gospel of the kingdom. And notice that the pace we're working through as we're looking at the life of Paul as an example of one who proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom, radically born again, radically born again. Every born again experience is radical. Once you were lost, now you are saved. Once you were in darkness, now you are in light. Once kind of you were a absolute slave to the systems of this world and you were headed towards disaster and destruction, but through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, you have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Imagine that. Kind of right now, I don't know if it's in gold, I don't know if it's in black ink, I think it's in the blood of Jesus. Is written there, Laurie Leo. It's good to see you this morning. And Anne, who brought you, <laughs> is my name, your name, written in that Lamb's Book of Life. Awesome, what a privilege it is. And Paul is an example of this conversion. And last week we heard that immediately he began proclaiming. Immediately. Because contained in the gospel that sets me free is a commission to mission. There's a commission to mission that in the early stages of our Christianity we were kind of loud-mouthed and enthusiastic and passionate about, but then we become professionals. And we kind of slack up with all of this. And somehow, you know, just surviving life seems to take up enough of our time and energy. But this lockdown, there has been a reset. Control, alt, delete. You know that? For all those who are unfortunately still Windows users, <laughs> with Apple that never happens. <laughs> Oh, that's an absolute lie. It happens just as much. <laughs> and then to try and restart this thing, it's got an absolute, I don't know where Control-Alt-Delete is in Apple. Anyway, that's my problem. Here's the deal. God has done a Control-Alt-Delete with us. He's got our attention firmly back on Him, devoted to Him. But as the church, He's got us aware that there are multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision and it impacts each and every one of us. We have been called to mission. If you want to look for a way forward now, as we come out of all these various stages of lockdown, lockup, I don't know what it is, it's mission. It's mission. Because of my love for Christ, because of my love for this world, it's mission. Every single one of us. Hey, you guys over here, tell them. Mission. There's a whole deaf community and wherever God has got you to reach with the love of Christ. You agree with me? Wave your hands. There we go. Amen. Whatever other communities there are over here, whatever, your Musa community, your design community, your home that you stay in is full of houses of people that need to hear Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you are the primary example of what that means. And so there was no doubt when you looked at Paul, there was a changed life. I wonder if we stand out as radical as that in the changes that have taken place in our lives. And you see, it should be. We more kind of are, are trying to make this gospel work when it should be that we're examples of a working gospel and then 
we're able to open our mouths and speak about this great king. You know, there are influences in every circle. Influences. Uh, some of the kind of guys who are into social study have worked out that in every social group, there's always the sage. He's the guy that knows everything. We've got one in our eldership team. His name is Francois van der Merwe. You can ask him, what is the chemical composition of the air inside a ping pong ball? And he'll give it to you. Ask him. He's the guy to have a trivial pursuit. How many dots on a golf ball? Immediately, 300 and whatever it is, he'll give you the answer. There's one of those in each. He always knows. You, you kind of think, wasn't there, um, you know, like a time back when, uh, you know, the rand dollar was, you know, to our favor, two dollars for a rand. And all of us, we dream. He tells you the year it was. You know, he's one of those guys. In every group as well, there are influences. You know what influences are? When you finish listening to them, you go out and buy what they've got. That's right. You do your stake the way they talked about. They influence you. They, they're kind of marketers. They are like that. Paul Firth on our eldership was one of those. He knew everywhere in Joburg where you could get pork belly. Anywhere in this country. The best pork belly. Anyway, we were, like before World Equip, a couple of years back, we were riding Craig, Paul, and myself. We were driving around Randburg, and I said, gee, I'm hungry. Let's go and get a Nando's. He said, no, no, bro, you've got to get pork belly. You know, and off we went to some obscure butcher, we got pork belly. The best pork belly I've ever had. He invites Adele and I out to dinner with his wife. Pork belly, somewhere else on the East Rand. He was one of those guys. David's an influencer. Every birthday, every time he wants to bless me, buys me clothes. Why? He says, you dress badly. <laughs> what is he trying to do he's trying to influence me to keep a little younger and just maybe look a bit better not what do they call it uh, what's it a lamb or a sheep in lamb's clothing <laughs> not quite that but he's kind of saying to me you know just break out of black Marcus because for me I got it's simple when I go to the cupboard blue jeans black shirts I don't have to think anymore at my age, I don't want to think about clothing. Just go and get what you want, put it on. But David says, now get stripes, get this, get that. I get it. <laughs> and so you have people who influence. And you know, amongst us, we've got guys, and, and you can point them out. We, we call them evangelists. Whatever situation they're in, I'm there to kind of buy tickets, or I'm there to pay a bill. They're there to get the teller saved. Have you noticed that? Just second nature, they do that. And, and sometimes we think we've got to be that person to be a proclaimer. Paul, obviously, called to be an evangelist. No, what I want to share today is the thing that we've all been called to proclaim the gospel. Every single one of us, whether you're the sage, the influencer, or like me, you just wonder what's happening. We've all been called to make a difference when it comes to the gospel. Every single one of us. Right now, there is a message coming out of each and every one of our lives. Did you know that? Right now. And I, I'm trusting God for me. It's not just my stupid sense of humor or my attempt to be like Francois and know everything, but it genuinely is that as people observe me, they've seen something in my nature that keeps on changing for the better. 
and it challenges them. So much so, as the, God, uh, the, uh, the Holy Spirit works with us, like with some of the revivalists of the past, they would sit in a carriage of a train and somebody would say to them, I believe you can tell me how to be born again. I want my life to count for that. That's the most important way I can ever influence somebody else's life. That's the most important thing I can ever say to anybody is to be able to introduce them to this great king. And so my life is a proclamation of something. And like with Paul and the many Bible examples that we see, I wanna encourage us to ensure that the example we set in our day-to-day behavior is people are gonna pick up. There's something different about that guy, something different about that woman. There's something about their lives that I don't quite understand. There should be a normal trajectory that they run about greed and about self-centeredness and you know about filthy, dirty sense of humor, et cetera, et cetera. But there's something about them that's showing off that there's a king in their life and his name is Jesus. Behavior and then what comes out of our mouths. We, we influence him all the time, all the time. And so I want us to understand the absolute privilege we have of representing the king in those circumstances. So last week we looked at Acts 9.20 where it talked about proclaiming this new king, that we are called to be loud, clear, and definite in sounding the trumpet announcing to the world that there's a new king. This is one of the um, Bible dictionaries or commentaries as it tries to help us understand this word, it's, uh, this word uh, proclaim. Let's just pick it up. It says, in ancient times before the development of the mass media of communication, the role of the herald was vital. The major means of transmitting news was his public proclamation in the city square or the marketplace. There could be no hearers without heralds. So in other words, the only way you could convey an important message in those days was through heralds. So you, the herald got the attention of the town in the town square and then he proclaimed that message. And so God has reserved the communication of the, the gospel of this kingdom to every single one of us to be heralds. And so the Holy Spirit carefully chooses that word as the primary word that is gonna kind of further the gospel, that's gonna penetrate hearts, that's gonna wake people up, that's gonna get their attention. So whatever, you can imagine in the town, some people were kind of just chilling under the tree. Some others were working hard at being blacksmiths. Others were delivering babies. Others were baking stuff at home. Others were in the field. And the announcement came. And everybody had to stop, stop what they were doing, gather in the town square, there's a new king, was the message of the herald. That word now, Holy Spirit uh, kind of chosen to help us understand the importance of the gospel and the actual magnificence of this gospel. There can be no, no greater news to announce. The herald doesn't call everybody together And he's kind of, okay, now that I've got your attention, it seems as though it's gonna rain tomorrow. Excuse me, so you called us away from 
our kind of uh, various duties that we're busy with to tell us that it's going to be rain tomorrow? You know that you need to have two apps, weather apps on your phone. Because one of them's going to have fake news and the other one might have the real news. <laughs> so always have two weather apps. Check them both. We were supposed to have violent storms this past week. Fake news, bro. We needed more rain, didn't we? <clears throat> we as heralds don't have fake news. We're not making up anything. And I tell you, if you want to know about this news, I can testify to it. I once was lost and now I've been found. And so that's why it's clear, it's definite, we're courageous about this, and it's the biggest privilege any single human being can have is to share this news as a town crier. You see, we see the same word used of John the baptizer as he prepares the way for the Lord. In those days, John the baptizer, in Matthew 3 verse 1, came preaching, that's proclaiming, in the wilderness of Judea, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer prepared for the first coming of Jesus. We, every one of us over here, not one John the baptizer now, but every one of us, the church of Jesus Christ has been anointed to be those who prepare for his second coming. Isn't that an awesome privilege? It's like that moment of knighthood or purpose when the knight knelt before the king and he tapped him on the shoulder and he said, okay, now go and slay the dragon. Take the sword and you're commissioned to go and do that. We have been commissioned with the greatest news that this world needs to know. Every single one of us, we've been given the responsibility to prepare for the second coming of Jesus. Jesus confesses in Luke 4 that I have been anointed to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We're not standing in the town square and saying, turn or burn. We reduce the gospel to those kind of sensational terms. But we've been commissioned to stand in the town square and talk about the favor of God. You know God loves you? You know how people need to know about the favor of God. This is a harsh world. We're cynical. We're critical of each other. We pull each other down. Most times people are, are, are just desperate to hear a single bit of encouragement. Elaine? You're a beautiful person created in the likeness and the image of Jesus. If I was to continue down that road and express love to Elaine, she'll eventually be reduced to tears because there are so few places where words of healing, words of life are spoken about, and that's this gospel. We have the privilege of standing in the town square, and our proclamation is there's a new king, and he loves you. He loves you, and he loves you. Isn't that awesome? This isn't difficult. This isn't selling vacuum cleaners to people who have no need of vacuum cleaners at all. Summary of Jesus' ministry as he proclaimed throughout all Galilee. When Jesus sends out the 12, now he's multiplying. He's multiplying in Matthew 10, verse 7. And he says, as you go, proclaim, proclaim, declare it, be the herald. 
The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. <clears throat> freely you have received, freely give. I'm a recipient of much grace. What a privilege we have. Anointed, as Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power to be my witnesses. And we are anointed to get involved with people suffering. You, you can't tell me that people are, are sick, people who are dead, and the people who are looking at who's dead, and lepers, and those who are demonically uh, uh, kind of oppressed and, and, and suffering under that. They're suffering people, and we come there with this good news. Freely as I cannot believe the grace I've received. I want to talk to you about this. Can I pray for you to be healed? And that is one of the most beautiful things that can happen to anybody. When you come alongside them and they are going through any kind of whatever, can I pray with you? Can I just identify with you and show you the love of Christ? And so the way Jesus multiplies and the brief that comes from him is proclaim this message. And then he explains in Matthew 24, verse 14, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We prepare for his second coming. You want to know what your mission is in life? It's simple. Proclaim this message throughout the whole world. Think of your whole world. Proclaim Jesus in that whole world. I hope there aren't areas that you've kind of reserved for your pleasure. You know, like I'm flirting with the, the lady secretary at my office, so I'm not gonna quite let her know because once she knows I'm a Christian, she's gonna expect better behavior from me. Well, how about the Father you serve in heaven has anointed you to have better behavior and to find pleasure in him and not in some kind of affair of the mind or a kind of little thing that's going on inside of you, no. We need to look for those opportunities in the worlds that we're in to let people know about this incredible king. Wow. Mark 16, he commissions us that way. Um, and then in Mark 16, we see the disciples do it. They went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. There's this thread that runs right through from the initiation of Christ's ministry right through the Gospels. Proclaim, 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 proclaim. This world is deaf in its hearing. This world is dull in its understanding. This world is suffering. People don't even know they need it. So proclaim the very nature of my testimony is a proclamation of Christ's deliverance. And so is the message that comes out of my mouth. This is how the biblical record of Paul ends in Acts chapter 28, verse 30. He lived there two whole years at his own expense, that's Rome, and welcomed all who came to him. This is what he died doing, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. This is something we never retire from. It's not now that you are kind of older Christian, it's up to the younger Christians. No, we die doing this. We die, last breath out of my mouth is to that doctor, you need to be born again, buddy. And oops, and that's it, me gone. That's the job we have, every single one of us. So when you go to 
Look at the life of Philip. He proclaims in Samaria. There's so many examples of through the proclamation of God's word, churches are planted, etc., etc. Can you see the thread? Can you see the importance? It's important that we understand what we're being called to. The scriptures challenge us to be proclaimers of the gospel as a priesthood responsibility. I would like you to turn in your Bibles to this scripture, Romans chapter 10. We're going to read a few verses and then we're going to close. I think we have about two or three minutes left with our new one-hour format for the sake of online transmission. That's for you guys over there. So I want to encourage you, next week, wake up at about 7.30, get dressed, and then come to either the 8.30 or the 11 o'clock meeting. You're more than welcome. So Romans chapter 10 is a very interesting passage of scripture. It's all about questions, questions that Paul asks. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, verse 13, will be saved. Yes, that's me. I called on the name of the Lord. Anybody else here? Can I see a witness? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, how then will they call on him who they've not believed? Okay, so those who call on him are saved. But if they don't believe, or they've not heard enough to believe that they can't call. How are they to believe on him whom they've not heard? And how, will, how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So today, it's all about our feet. <laughs> all of you are going to walk out of here with beautiful feet. Isn't that awesome? Don't you also kind of fear the day they're going to have a foot washing ceremony and they, you, you take up your shoes and socks and they look at your feet and they think, let's rather replace these. <laughs> We're not going to wash these. <laughs> these are ugly. But now let's find out biblically how you can have beautiful feet. So this shows, this whole passage, the absolute necessity of proclamation, evangel- evangelization. Why? Right at the beginning of the chapter, Paul says, I wish that all of Israel would be saved. Today, you're thinking, I wish my whole tribe was saved. Wouldn't that be awesome? And the next birthday party you get to, somebody holds out the guitar and you sing some of these songs. Wouldn't that be awesome? Instead of everybody getting smashed, drunk, and behaving like absolute, I don't know, unsaved people. Anyway, um, <clears throat> So let's look at these questions that he asks. How then will they call on him whom they've not believed? So you can't call on somebody if you don't believe, okay? So the only way for sinners to be saved is to call on the name of the Lord. We want that to happen. So let's go to the next question. How are they to believe in him who they've never heard? Oh, that's quite logical. So people need to hear the truth before they can believe. Okay, he's building up his argument to the point to show our responsibility. How are they to hear with someone preaching? Okay, some of the commentators for me get this wrong. They say it's this message is directed to the preachers or the evangelists. For me, it's every single one of us. People need to herald or announce the truth so that they hear the truth of the gospel and through hearing they believe and through believing they're able to call on the name of the Lord. How are they to preach unless they are sent? And for me, 
This is where the commissioning comes in. Every single one of us has been commissioned of God to be a herald. In Romans chapter 12, I think it's third or fourth verse, he says the priesthood responsibility of sharing the gospel. Every one of us has the priesthood responsibility. So if you were to use the verbs, uh, this summarizes Paul's argument with these six verbs. Christ sends us as heralds. Heralds preach, people hear, hearers believe, believers call, and those who call are saved. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, we need to open our mouths. We need to let our lives be on display as an example of what this gospel can do. And so, I want to say to you, if you want to kind of, I know we go to spas and the other day we went to a spot to celebrate our 20 years. Somebody gave us a voucher. For the first time in my life, I ever had somebody work on my feet. Unbelievable. I don't know how you girls can endure the pain. Those things on top of your nails, that's, what is it? Cuticles. They push those back with a torture machine. <laughs> Mamma mia. I had a veggie say, just Hawkeye. I think my toes look fine. <laughs> just do that rub bit again. That's all I wanted. <laughs> But this is the way we can all have beautiful feet. Those little feet are not running into trouble. They're not running away. They're not rebelling. They're under the commission of God. So we can take up the commission. Sent, sent, every one of us to be a herald. Because through that, the process will take place where people will be able to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. That's why I say the reset button has been pushed. And we've come back to our primary purpose, and that is to be proclaimers. Those who are born again have been called to be proclaimers of this great gospel. Freely you have received. Freely give. Shall we bow our heads, lift our feet in the air, and I'll pray for your feet. <laughs> that would be a different. <clears throat> Hold your feet. Come on, I, I challenge you. Hold your feet. Elaine, if you can get there. <laughs> Ryan, this is impossible. Ask your wife to hold your foot. <laughs> feet. Say it. Feet. You are called to be beautiful. And I pray, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus over every one of us in this family that we would have beautiful feet. We'd understand the commissioning that has come by God and that the responsibility we have to, to help this message get out so that people might believe and then call on your name. So thank you for the privilege we have of preaching, proclaiming, being a herald of your good news. I just pray where we've been kind of backseated about this, we'd rock onto the front foot and we'd take up our responsibility. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wonderful, guys. Have a great day today and see you at prayer next Sunday as well.